Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with Catherine. Hi, my name is Catherine, and I'm a senior in high school. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> oh my god, why are we laughing at this? Okay. <laughs> so, Catherine and I met in when I was a freshman, and she was a sophomore. She was the JV tennis captain. And I was a noob on the tennis team. It's as bad as the word mem. What? <laughs> noob. Sounds noob? as bad as the word mem. mem. In my brain. I was, um, what's an even worse word to describe someone who just started than beginner? <laughs> See, this wouldn't apply to you, though. But I, I knew nothing. I never watched tennis. The only thing I knew about tennis was how we sports tennis worked, and that was the only reason why I joined in the first place. So the backstory to this whole process is me alongside with the co-captain Bria and our coach were basically like, okay, we need the refresh process in, in sports basically to do well for the next couple years long term. And so we got in contact with some of the younger eighth graders, well at the time eighth graders because we were freshmen when we had this conversation, and there's about 15 of them that came out, but Melody stood out because she had a pink racket, she wore a pink outfit, pink shoes, and every time she would swing, she'd laugh and then turn around and kind of like wobble back and talk what? about every single shot. And then at the end, she, at the end when they introduced us, she went, hi, I'm Melody. And that was our first time meeting. What? I did not wear a pink outfit, first of all. And it you just so- white top, black bottoms, Pink racket, pink shoes. Yeah, my racket and shoes were matching. But I did not turn around to comment on each shot, okay? <laughs> no, you did. You went, you kind of like rolled your eyes and then walked away like, what? <laughs> this was a good shot. Yeah. No, I was not like that. That's some diva move, okay? In conclusion, she got better. She started. <laughs> and then she's on varsity now. And they went to CIF finals. Woohoo! Yeah, sports. sports, lovely. Okay, so since we're on the topic of sports, Catherine, you were in tennis for, we'll say, two and a quarter of a season. <laughs> it was like two and an ish before the season. We'll call it that. Because yeah. I wouldn't even say I played a single game that third year. Okay, before we get into like why you ultimately quit tennis. Let's talk about the team itself, playing as someone who's really short. Because when I was playing, I was 4'11". And now, how, how tall were you when you were playing? I was 5 foot, I think so. Yeah. Just under 5 foot. Yeah, so it was, it was a struggle. You know, we got made fun of. There was a lot of short jokes being told. Um, I mean... For me, at least, I kind of laughed it off. Like, sometimes it was a little bit too personal, but you know what? Shook it off, moved on with my life. Um, how did you feel about it? Honestly, I feel bad nowadays. The second shortest person on the team being me made fun of the shortest person on the team being her, you. So it's like, <laughs> what? So now that I think about it, in a sense, it was bad, but in a sense, it was a good thing because no one expected anything from us. Mm -hmm. because stereotypically height wise the taller you are the more uh the more you have in terms of like getting your swing going or at least quicker but then the advantage for us being smaller was no one really expected something from us number one number two this is going to sound so cheesy we were closer to the ground so our gravity allowed us to get the swings over more efficiently <laughs> now you're bringing physics in <laughs> Disclaimer, I've never taken a physics class. So Me neither. I have yeah. no idea what the definition of <laughs> physics is. Moving on, because this isn't a physics podcast. <laughs> or should it be? No, definitely not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, being short on the tennis team was definitely good in the way that <laughs> no one really like what you said no one expected us to do anything 
I mean, I don't know if you got like insecure about it or anything, but like for me, I think like in the beginning I did because it's like, there's a lot of things that I couldn't do normally. Like I had to hold the racket a little bit higher and like I couldn't bend my knees too much or else it just wouldn't go over the net. I think for me, it wasn't an insecurity because I have played sports before. Like I played soccer and I was always the shortest and the people were double the size of me. I played goalie my first three years. (laughs) So the irony in some of these statements of me being short, but having to be playing as if I was taller has always been integrated within me. But especially with tennis, it's like you said, bending your knees, but not too much, swinging a certain way, but not too much. It's like we had to tweak everything to our own height. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it just applies for everything in our life. Like even clothes, you literally have to go to like a tailor or you have to like cut your own shirts, sew your own things, or like fold the end of your jeans. No, I think I bought something from, what, PacSun, and it was, like, my first couple times buying it. I bought, like, a t-shirt or something. The sleeves turned into a long sleeve, and the length was about to my legs, and I tried cutting it, but I cut it so bad, I just couldn't. That shirt was not usable anymore. Oh, no. In conclusion, I gotta learn how to wear big shirts and make it look good. Yeah, and honestly, thankfully, that's, like, a trend now. Like, the oversized look now like the band or graphic tee with like spandex and chunky shoes. It's like a thing now. I have no idea what goes on in the fashion things. Just look at Pinterest boards. There's a ton of things there. I love Pinterest. Anyways, moving on. Pinterest too. (gasps) Really? Yes. Yay. Pinterest is underrated. No one talks about it anymore and I miss it. I miss it when it was all the hype. Anyways, so let's talk about your decision in quitting tennis because I'm sure a lot of our team was not expecting this. Um, When you told us you quit, we were all like, uh, what? Yeah, I told everybody I quit in a text message. It was very interesting. Yeah, and do you want to like tell your story? Okay, well, let me put out this disclaimer. In no way, shape, or form am I trying to dog anybody in this story because everybody here is wonderful people. But I'm doing this for the sake of sharing my story and my realization, I guess, is what we're going to call this. So I just want to put that out there because everybody in the story are genuinely wonderful people. So from the beginning, (laughs) I was JV freshman year and then JV captain sophomore year but sophomore year I was offered a varsity spot to sit the bench and I didn't I hate sitting the bench sitting the bench is very boring so I said no I'd rather stay on JV and play as much as I possibly could in which I did and we won and I was forever grateful for that experience because I met some wonderful people varsity came and varsity's mindset just kind of is more and I guess this is all varsity teams you're more geared towards the long term of winning But the process of which getting there is a different story. And especially for our school, the reputation for our tennis team prior to like four years from when I came in, it was some of the best teams he's ever had. And that's because they've all started when they were five, six years old. Our whole team started eighth grade freshman year earliest. So we're all basically trying to play catch up to get our skills going. And then what happened was that the pressure got to me in the sense where I've played sports before and all of my coaches, their coaching, I guess, tactic or motivation was very positive. And if we did lose, it was like, okay, whatever, you're fine. We got to come back the next game, motivation. But the vibe I got from this specific varsity team, because the coach's mindset was all about winning. And that's just him. If you've met him before, his personality is very much like, when it comes to being a coach is I don't care what we do. I don't care what I have to do. As long as we win, I don't care. And so the mentality of me coming into summer was we hit, we conditioned, and we were always being watched no matter what. And for someone who's never been put under the spot that like into detail before kind of scared me a bit. So I would go into the car every single day crying because I feared what if I'm losing my spot? I feared 
the what ifs, everything, all the what ifs came to my brain. And then, um, let's see, midway through summer, a new girl came in and her reputation was kind of high because of mutual friends, family. Well, they expected something. And she knows who she is. I love her. She knows I love her. So if she does listen to this, there's no hard feelings. But that's when the pressure hit everybody where another, because generally we all knew who was going to start where, or at least the starting nine, but her entering the conversation changed the whole dynamic in the sense where nobody's spot was even safe even more because she was being set up to be starting and replace one of our spots. Thus, that's where pressure hit me even more. So when I realized that the pressure kept building up, I thought to myself, like, why am I doing this? I'm not doing this because I love to play. I'm doing this because I want to win. But the concept of me winning and my mental thought processes telling myself that I suck, like, I lost my self-confidence completely. Like, I gave up. So a week into school, just kind of hitting, and I, and I contemplated this. I texted a couple people, like, what do you think? And they said, it's all up to you. So last thing I did was I had to quit before because I had to come up with a plan B because my plan A the whole my for my whole high school career was I'm going to play a sport for four years I want to make a varsity team and I want to win but now that I just don't think it's in my best interest to stay in this environment I had to come up with a plan B thus I had to quit before the end I believe of the second week of school so that I can pick up another class to supplement because I was in that tennis class. So when I, I walked in the coach's room and I actually just bawled my eyes out for 40 minutes being like, I can't do this mentally. And it's not, it's not going to help even though I take a break. And he goes, I want you to take a break because you are, we just decided you're getting a starting spot last night. And he goes, you've quit, you quit soccer, you quit your martial arts, you quit and you're about to quit tennis before the pressure hits. And what I didn't tell him was, in a sense, it was the environment that he set up to be negative, but it's that's what kind of triggered everything else to happen. But I couldn't tell him that face-to-face. So he, I said, okay, I'll take a break. A week later, I quit, I picked up another class, and everything kind of switched. And that's basically the first half of the tennis story. Yeah, and... Honestly, like from my perspective, I didn't know you were going through this. And also, like I haven't trained with him to that extent yet because we don't have summer practices. But I was still in a couple of practices with the varsity team. And it hasn't really hit me yet because I never really took pressure from coaches that way. Um, But I guess it was also because, like, from a very young age when I started dancing and, like, dance teachers were always really hard on students. Um, When I was very little, I did Chinese folk dance. She She got real, you know. She went, like, if you're doing this wrong, you're making it look ugly. Like, you're just a failure, blah, 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 blah. And, like, it's more intense than our coach now. So that's probably why I don't really... I don't really like see that pressure, um, but I can this definitely. This what happened to everybody because mm-hmm. I was the only one that saw it that way. But right after I quit, two other people quit with me. Not with me, but supplementally, like, because apparently my quitting was shocking. I, I mean, I get that because out on the outside, I presented myself as tennis is a way of life. But on mm-hmm. the inside, I was struggling. Then right after me, someone quit for a similar reason but I don't know if it's actually some reason. We'll just keep it there. And then someone quit after that. So I don't know if it was me triggering because I never told anybody what I was going through. I told two people on that team. And those are the people that I genuinely were like, I need help. Yeah. Um, But also at the same time, I feel like varsity sports it's just so different especially like because of tennis you have nine spots and that in general is already very it's very stressful because you know you think of the people in our school there's like 2,000 people right more than 2,000 and then nine of those people are gonna play varsity tennis like that's that's in and of itself is already like a very anxious thought 
but I think it's important to recognize the things that you recognize too when you realize it's a toxic environment for you and when you understand that this isn't something that you want to do which is what I'm assuming is why the other girls quit and like this is kind of like what we said yesterday how your mentality can actually affect all of your interests and passions but I just wanted to ask like do you regret making this decision? We'll say yes and no because I think I have to give more context about me as a person in general for this to make sense. Um, I played soccer from eight, from third grade to right before high school started. And the reason, and even my middle school friends will truly say like, my whole goal was varsity soccer. I didn't start, I didn't like switch to tennis until a month before school started freshman year. And the reason I quit soccer was even before being a student there, I saw favoritism because I knew those girls, not know them personally, but I know that they were all on a team together. And the coach, the high school coach was the same team as the club coach. So there was something there I saw, not fishy, but just something I didn't want to involve myself into because I didn't see growth potential there. Yet again, those girls went to semifinals, so props to them. I wish them all the best as well. Now, coming into tennis, vibe-wise, I've played sports my whole life, so this was something not, in a sense, new to me in the mentality where sports shapes who I am as a person, but it was new in you couldn't rely on your team. It was very mentally – tennis is a very mental sport. You have to plan out. The only way for you to be successful is reading the other players, planning out how to approach the other team in terms of how you would hit the ball certain ways or how you would serve to set your partner up for success. You can't really do that in soccer because soccer is you go with the flow of the game. That's my thought process. So do I regret it? Initially, yes, because I was like, sports was my whole life. I have nothing else to do. I go to school at 8 in the morning. I come home at 3, and all I do is homework. There was nothing to it. Now, a year later from that decision, do I regret it? No, because I picked up another class. I got officer positions in clubs. I got to explore myself as a, we're not going to call it like a leadership person, but as a person who has to force the social atmosphere because I found friends in sports because we just had something in common. But I got to learn, I got to meet a whole bunch of new people I got to learn what teamwork in a different setting looks like. So I love, now I don't regret that decision. I wish I stayed more fit than I was before. I'm eating so unhealthy. I got to get on that. But other than that, no, I love it. I love my life now. For those who are still in tennis currently, I wish you guys all the best. You guys are doing amazing. And for those all in your sports, I guess, conceptually, if you think about it, don't do it because you're being forced to or because that's all you know. Do it because you genuinely love it. Yeah, and I'm so happy that, you know, you you found your way through that. Yesterday, you were saying how you haven't experienced that growth yet. Like, you haven't hit that realization of how you wanted your life to be, but I feel like this in and of itself is already a step forward. Yeah, I wanted to ask if you had any advice to give to anyone who's, you know, thinking of quitting whatever they've been doing for a really long time, or if they're thinking of joining something for the first time. So we're going to start with joining something because that's very optimistic. So I guess go for it is all I can say. Between the ages of, let's just say, going into high school and before you turn 30 is the years of your life where you're going to be able to try anything. You have the opportunity where if you screw up, there's no, like, haunted memories, I guess we're going to call this. Let's just say, I'm going to call it, put this into, like, college or jobs. You genuinely don't know what to do. You can spend six months working at a fast food restaurant. You can volunteer at a hospital. There's plenty of other things in the world that you wouldn't have thought of because that's one thing I didn't do was I lived in a bubble and I still realize this. Um, and so my bubble was sports. My whole life revolved around sports. And me quitting it 
I didn't know what was outside my bubble. But then clubs was something I originally joined because my brother was in it and we got free food. And that is the honest truth. So I found myself thriving in those because I learned what it was to work with the team. I learned what you had to do to be successful. And I liked having that meant, I like having a mentor mentee relationship in which that was my intention as a captain because my freshman year in tennis wasn't that great. And that was because there was no family vibe. But sophomore year that we made sure there was, so we were all laughing. We would go to each other's house. We would do different things just to talk, life talks. And the number of times we've all, in a sense, that whole team, at least all of us broke down once in front of each other. And that's a good thing because I'm calling that a good thing because you're, there's no, I guess, shadow that we're putting. So that's what I learned from that tennis team. But for joining it, there are people there that are willing to help you. And there's no mistake. There's nothing to lose. Um, for those who want to quit or are considering quitting something, I guess, weigh your options. Because my options was suffer for a whole season and deteriorate my mental health or be lost for a couple months, but learn to find my way and improve from there. And I'm a person who likes short-term growth, so that's why I picked that decision. And so from that point on, I, for two months, I was struggling. Like, let's see. I walked into a class, and the teacher asked if I was okay, and I cried. Never understood why, but that was the two months that I was lost. Two months later, I got going with my clubs. I started planning events because that was my job. CSF, um, what was it? Special activities. So we planned field trips. So I started leaning on that. I started talking to more people. The class I picked up was AP, environmental science. I had so many friends in that class and it was like a relief at the end of the day to walk into that class. So I guess the best thing I can say is weigh your options. Um, Think about yourself personally, externally, about yourself internally. Um, at the end of the day, it's up to you and whether whoever tells you you should do it, you shouldn't do it. It's really an internal decision. And whether you're going to regret it or not, time will tell. Even at the end, like if you do regret it, right, you're going to find a way out of it. Because like, especially in high school, right, you're going to graduate and you know, you're going to forget about it. Like, yes. You're going to find ways to keep yourself busy. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, ultimately, you think something is so important to you because it's been a big part of your life and you don't, you don't think about everything else in the world. So, like, for example, right, if, like, Catherine, you're a sports-oriented person, like, you might have totally forgot about I don't know, theater, acting, drawing, writing. I can, let me add on to that because, so yeah, I played sports. I did martial arts since I was, I did martial arts from four to eight, soccer from eight to 13, like beginning of high school, then tennis for two years. So yes, my whole life has been revolved around sports. But on the other side of me, I guess we can talk about like the two different personas of me. Quarantine has made me realize how much I've got into performing arts or started to like it. Like, I just watched Hamilton. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I sang before. There's a video of me singing on YouTube. I just never, some people thought it was a joke. Like, I loved singing. I got a dance for a school performance. So that was another side of me that I never actually thought would be interesting. But now quarantine has forced me to like explore different things so music has come back to me because I was in band for middle school and then I stopped beginning of high school and now I'm getting back into music and trying to learn different things because it's following my own passions my parents never forced me to seek all everything and then decide on what I've been blessed where anything I want to try they say sure yeah I think that's great and you know yes I agree with you Hamilton is pretty amazing (laughs) it's great and I've been seeing their songs constantly for the past two weeks um (laughs) but apart from that yeah it's 
you know, there's so many things. Performance art, performing arts. Um, what else? You probably didn't tell anybody. You were dancing before tennis. Yeah, I I mentioned it subtly, but I never like really got into the details because it was. You were a competition dancer before tennis. Yeah, I was a competitive dancer for a while, but it was never like a serious thing because dance is an expensive sport. Like it's so expensive. Um, I think the last competition I did, um, it was a self-choreography thing. So I choreographed my own dance and I competed by myself representing my company. So it was like the first time I ever did a solo and also won first place, which was pretty cool. And then that year I also did um, a group dance with amazing people and we also won the best dance, or I forgot what it was, <laughs> but it was like rated the best amongst the audience or something. And that was a pretty huge deal too. And at that time, I thought, you know, I was going to invest myself more in dance and somehow find a way to pay for it. Like I talked to the teacher, they were going to ask me to be the assistant and then things happened. The boss changed of the company um we were switching things up there were like new teachers everything was being weird and I also injured myself so that was the biggest thing and I don't know if you know this actually but um, I mentioned this in one of the episodes earlier but I tore something like my tendon or something in my hip like I did something with my hip and it made me stop dancing because I just couldn't move it at all <laughs> like my leg was literally in one position for at least three months and I went to the physical therapist and of course they broke the bad news to me which is that I can't dance anymore I can't do intense stretching like what we used to do in dance so I can do things like hip-hop or like other things that don't require deep stretching like what we did for contemporary lyrical jazz ballet all that stuff but you know I I thought to myself like will I really commit to dance if I can't stretch like that's the most basic thing right you have to be flexible you have to be able to lift your leg up and if I can't even lift my leg up you know what's the point point? and that's what I thought and I thought about it for a very long time I hate stretching anyway so it's like why don't I just stop completely so I guess the moral of both of our stories, because in a sense, Melody went from dance to tennis. I went from soccer to tennis to absolutely nothing, is expect the unexpected. Again, I'm a senior in high school. Life hasn't actually, adulting life, we'll call it adulting life, hasn't actually started for me. So my little bubble of high school drama and, or not, we're not going to call it drama because I hate drama, but high school roller coaster ride has actually just surrounded or been my whole life but now I'm gonna graduate in nine months eight months and I don't know what to expect so we're just gonna call it expect the unexpected yeah definitely that is literally so true it's always the things you least expect that happens like even with my podcast I just went with it. It was such a going with the flow moment. Yes. Thank you to everybody for listening to this podcast from all <laughs> around the world because I am so proud of Melody for this. This is amazing. Keep going. Forward this to everybody who can listen to it. I don't know how to publicize these things. But this is trying to publicize. No, that was great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I started my podcast because I was listening to podcasts since middle school, which is like really weird, but I was like really lonely in middle school and listening to podcasts was like a way to escape from that isolation. And so, you know, throughout high school up until when I started this podcast, I was like constantly listening to podcasts and I was like, I, I wish I could do that. And then quarantine hit, and I was like, hmm, you know, I'm going to do my research. I had so much free time during those three weeks in the beginning of quarantine when the teachers didn't know what we were doing, so the students... They still don't know what they're doing, and I wish them the best, but they can do it. 
it's been wild. It's been an experience, an interesting experience to say the least. Um, but yeah, during those three weeks, no one knew what they were doing. No one knew what was happening. I was lucky enough to be able to have that experience and to do my research, figure out what I can do to make this happen. And I kind of just did it. There's definitely regrets on what I could have done better and ways that I could have made things easier for me now. I kind of just said, okay, I'll just do it, whatever. I don't even think anyone's going to listen anyways. It was more of a passion project that I did for myself. And, you know, I publicized on my personal Instagram. I did what I could to make it so that other people can listen to it if they wanted to. And when I published the first episode, I remember thinking, okay, like, three people are going to listen to it. And it's the, the same three people. That were on that were, it. Yeah, exactly. The same three people that were on it is going to listen to it, and I'll have three plays. And then somehow, for some freaking reason, other people decided to listen to it, and it was the weirdest thing ever because I was because like... Because it's good. I don't know what you're... See, that's the other thing I learned post-tennis <laughs> is don't, like, doubt yourself. Give yourself some credit because this is mm-hmm. good. So Thank you very yeah keep listening i wish i can showcase more of the weird side of my personality on this podcast but it's so hard to like go out of track otherwise it's going to be so unorganized and it's going to be really bad um but anyways uh yeah so like my podcast perfect example of just going for it not knowing anything about it and just doing it And somehow, for some weird reason, I am still doing it five months later. And, yeah. I'm probably going to continue doing it. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if this gets, like, to at least 100 episodes. Oh, yeah. I I definitely plan on continuing. Um, I, I love doing this. I love talking to various guests. One thing that I do struggle with is responding to people. Because usually when I, like talk to anyone it's kind of just mindless but now like on a podcast it's hard to speak mindlessly because I want to be professional but at the same time also be funny and also give the right advice but also doing this and doing that weird side is the definition of funny but in general I'm also a very sarcastic person and it's hard to tell sarcasm on a podcast that's why that's why she and I bonded because Both of us are very straightforward, get to the point. We don't really (laughs) care. Mm -hmm. And our, we're not going to call it defense mechanism, but our external personality, we can be super, super sarcastic because of the amount of jokes that are thrown towards us that we have to learn how to deflect them back. Mm -hmm. So that's probably something you don't know about Melody. She's very, very, very sarcastic. Oh, yeah. And you know what's funny of... (laughs) Like, literally, if you're someone who's very sarcastic and people know it, like, at school, someone might be like, hey, what do you think about this shirt that I'm wearing? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's so nice. And people won't be able to tell if I'm, like, kidding or not. And I'm like, no, 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 like, I'm literally being serious. Like, it looks really good. And I always have to clarify myself afterwards. I guess, yeah, that's something I did in high school because let's just put this so my middle school, we, it was a K through eight. So we grew up with each other for nine years and we were in the middle of, we're like in the middle of all the cities and all the different high schools. So if we went to, I think 15 different high schools between all of us, which is kind of like mind blowing if you think about it, Mm -hmm. because none of, maybe like a quarter of us actually went to the high school we were supposed to go to Mm -hmm. and everybody else went elsewhere. And so when people first met me, I was very, I'm very introverted when you first meet me, but I'm very extroverted when you actually get to know me. So my sarcasm kind of like, in a sense, shocked people, because if you knew me well, you knew how sarcastic I could be, how, like, how blunt I can be. But then the people who never actually talked to me before, and I'm just like, okay, that's not, it's not that funny. Like, oh, wow, so cool. And I'll just say it with a very, like, long and t- sarcastic tone, but they think mm-hmm. I'm actually, like, serious, or they kind of realize I'm playing with them, but they don't want to say it out loud. So I have to, like, 
balance that between the different group friends groups and personalities of the people I have to learn how to play off someone else's personality oh yeah that's definitely something that I do too it's it's when you like <laughs> oh my god oh my so, gosh where are you going with this you know how like at lunch there's always that those like different cliques and you see like different groups of people sitting around each see, other again our school is blessed where every single there's a lot of little groups but we're all we can all coexist there's oh yeah definitely. rarely any drama there's no we don't have that many fights that break out which is very fortunate and kind of sad because they're very entertaining when they do break out <laughs> Um, but yeah there's there are cliques and what's funny is when you're walking by yourself and you don't know who to talk to so you kind of like bounce from group to group and that's when you like so obviously can tell the personality switch when like you walk up to one group and you're like hey guys and then you're like really quiet and you're like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep nodding along to everything they say and then you walk up to another group and you're like hey guys what's up (laughs) and you're like like, really bringing out your weird side onto this episode right now. oh yeah and the thing is like what i'm known for is doing that awkward sarcastic thing where it's like we're both known for that though like okay so melody and i are a year apart but in a sense our personalities and in our sense height are exactly <laughs> like 90 percent on the same track where people know us for the same things i'd be walking to go pay for something at the asb office and Mel- Melody and her little group of friends would be staring at me, and then they would see me all alone, and then someone texted me this once, and they were like, I think it was either you or Rio, were like, are you okay? You always walk alone. I'm like, I want to go pay for something. No one wants to go with me to go pay for something. <laughs> they want to sit and eat their lunch and sit on their phones. Whack. They just socialize. sit there. Yeah, social your high school social life. For real. I've had so many, okay, my aunts and uncles, I call them aunts and uncle issues, and that's because they're not that much older than me, and they don't want to be called aunt and uncle, so I just call them by their first name. They literally said, I feel bad for you, because it's my, it's my senior year. I'm missing all the senior year events I'm supposed to have, so they're like, oh, you can do prom, like, I had one aunt that went, if you're prom, if you don't have prom, you can do prom at my house. Dang, that's awesome. And I was like, I was like, are you joking? Are you serious? I can't like play. And she lives in a decently nice house. So I was like, wait, are you like joking? Are you serious? She's like, no, I'm like, I'm dead serious. If you really want to have prom at my house, I'll let you have a couple friends over. You can have a dinner or something. I was like, okay. But I'm just praying we go back. Like, I don't want that to be the case. (laughs) Hey, at least you got a backup option. You got a backup-ish option. Yeah, honestly, bad for burdening. Oh, yeah, that's true. But like senior year events, honestly, like, you know, the high school stereotype of having an amazing prom and having dates and (laughs) going places and driving places. Like, that is literally what every high schooler strives for. But it's so, 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 so unrealistic. It's two things. It's how much your school's money actually has to plan these things. Because you can tell, even from our specific high school, the local high schools around us, some of them have really good dances and stuff, and some of them don't. And it really just depends on how much money they have, and it's all just the friends you go with. Mm -hmm. Because some of those people, as long as you make it work with the friends you go with, it's interesting. Like, I've never been to school dance. That's why I want to go that's a regret for high school. I didn't go to a dance sooner because don't we love coronavirus? It's like our favorite thing in the whole wide world. It's so amazing. I love it here at home. Our sarcasm is just like coming out. Love that for us. Oh, there. (laughs) Okay, well, we went very off topic, but let's continue on. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Friendships in high school. Lovely topic. A very different topic for me. That's that. Oh, yeah. That actually just ties into like everything we talked about before. Mm-hmm. So it's you're basically hearing my life story on this podcast. And 20 years from now, this is what I'm going to remember. So thank you, um, <laughs> 17 year old Catherine Self, for making this. Basically, I've never had a friend group, and I wouldn't say that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I'm just going to put it out there that I I jumped very much because I had, especially even in elementary school, middle school. I had soccer friends, I had academic friends, I had ASB friends, I had music friends, so I knew everybody from everywhere. Coming into seventh grade is when everybody started to make their close friend groups, in a sense where our middle school, because it's a K through eight, they just kept us all in the same class all day, like four periods, and we would just all jumped together as a group, so everybody found their own clique there, and so same thing, I still had my little friend groups here and there but I didn't actually find a definite friend group. And then eighth grade came and I found my friend group and we all vibed weirdly together because we were all weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's because none of us actually liked the same thing. We all did something different. And I guess it's like we did well doing that. And post, uh, post eighth grade, we didn't really talk because all of us had different things were going on in our lives so we just have kind of all separated we also went to four different high schools one lives out of the country so it's like we all kind of lost contact but social media kind of keeps us in contact so in both ways yes and no high school came in and none of that eighth grade friend group actually went with me so I became or I started talking more to the people who I knew which were the people who went to my school I mean we didn't talk every single day but we knew of each other we've talked before So there was no, like, awkwardness between the conversations. And then I joined tennis, so I made friends in tennis. My brother is only a couple years older than me, so I made friends with some of his friends. Um, Every single class I've made, I've talked to people. I have a friend, and I wouldn't call it a friend. We're going to call it an acquaintance. And every single one of my classes, for the sake of another thing my county teacher said, networking is the way to life. Thus, me making at least one friend in every single class has allowed me to thrive. So props to everybody who I've talked to. Um, Now as a senior, I still don't have a friend group. I I have friend groups, emphasis on the S, because I have gazillion different group chats with completely different people from completely different walks of life because of either clubs, classes, sports, um, middle school, music, there's, like, I talk to everybody. I wouldn't say that's a good thing. I wouldn't say that's a bad thing either. However, long-term post-high school, I still have, and I'm very much a planner. I'm very type A, so I'd like things to, I don't, and then the what-ifs come and everything changes my whole perspective. So post-high school, will I talk to most of these people? I don't know, because all I talk to these people is about school, or sports, or everything, but internally have these people actually seen the opposite side of me outside of school because even there's some people I've seen outside of school and I'm dressed a little bit different than I do because I go to school in sweatshirts and sweatpants every single day I mean that's what most of us do now but outside of school I'll be wearing like shorts and like a tank top most people don't expect me to wear a tank top that's just weird so they'll be they'll just give me this weird look like are you the same person that I remember you in school So post-high school, will I keep some of these friends? We will see. (laughs) And that's my friend's story, I guess we can call it now. Yeah, and I actually had a completely different story from you because I grew up with multiple friend groups in the way that I was 
in all of them somehow at the same time. Um, elementary school, it was the very geeky group of people. And then in middle school, I got together with, I guess, more like nerdy people. And then freshman year came and I made a completely new set of friends who are older than me. And it was very awkward at first because I knew no one and I had just... You knew one of them, kind of. No, no, I meant like going into high school in general. Going into high school, yeah. okay. I thought we were talking about the current friend group. Oh, no, no, no. Like going into high school, I thought I was going to keep my friends from middle school, at least one of them. And, like, yeah, we're still friends right now, but we were definitely not as close as we used to be. And it's because of how we split away from each other due to sports and how we set different priorities, but also how we became very competitive. We are all people who take our academics very seriously, which definitely created some tension. So that's very interesting. And I was like, this is too toxic for me. And, you know, other things happened. And that's when I realized, like, yep, I'm definitely going to find a new group of people to hang out with. And that's how I talked to more tennis people. And like you, Rhea, I started getting closer to Rhea because of our, like, tennis walks. Do you remember them? Like, after a game when we both did really bad, we would, like, walk around the portables, and we would just, like, talk about how we did. Yeah. So there's the disclaimer, is that I didn't force, Melody and Rhea had their own little thing. I was not, I had a completely different situation <laughs> happening there. So, yes, they all would walk, those two would walk around. I have pictures on my phone. I used to take creepy pictures of them either <laughs> sleeping or walking randomly on my phone. Ew, what the heck? They I know this. I've shown you guys this. Sleeping? I have on the bus rides. I said anybody who falls asleep oh, yeah. deserves to have a picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you meant, like, I thought you meant, no, like, you I'm came not, to my house. No. I was like, what the heck? No. That's weird. The bus rides was like fair game and I warned everybody beforehand is the bus rides are fair game for me to take pictures of you and send it to a group chat to wake you guys up. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, and high school friends versus middle school friends versus elementary school friends. The one thing that I experienced that I'm, I don't know if you've experienced, but I got like stabbed in the back for like almost all my friendships <laughs> so like to me having friend groups isn't that great until I met the friend group that I have now which is the people who I had on my first episode of the podcast go check it out <laughs> this is just full of I love plugs. shameless plugs yeah this is just full of plugs. This is going to be so annoying, but... <laughs> I think we can both agree that... See, you had stabbing in the back incidents. Mine was just mutual, like, we just didn't talk anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I've never... Off the top of my head, I can only name one friendship that I ended on bad terms, but I have to still talk to that person because they still go to my high school. So that's a different conversation. But I think we both can agree that we learned something from every single one of the friendships. And... It's a blessing in disguise, although we may have not seen it right off the bat, but it was a blessing in disguise because, number one, we got to meet new people that we didn't know before, but also it helped us find ourselves in shaping our own personalities. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that is, like, the overall theme of this episode. Just, like, you're learning along the way of all your experiences. Like, even if something sucks so badly... Like, ultimately, you're going to move on, but most importantly, you're going to learn something from it. And that's, like, the biggest life lesson you're going to take from being a teenager. I feel like the one regret I told, so context-wise, Melody and I had a three-hour conversation prepping for this podcast today. Mm -hmm. But I told her, there's one friendship I do genuinely regret not keeping or at least staying in contact with this person. And that's because we were very much alike and our values and our life lessons because we motivated each other left and right but we just didn't talk because of my little tennis falling out 
I think it's not too late. Like, you can still go and contact I know, it's not her. too late. I have to just make the first move. Yeah. Okay, while we're on that note, I wanted to bring out something very important. And it's the idea of you not having to feel bad that a friendship has fallen because you haven't been keeping contact with them. Because if you both wanted that friendship, someone not just you, the other person, right, could have easily contacted you. But if they don't contact you, then it's like, okay, so you can both agree. are like relationships. They require 100% effort for both sides. And if you're putting in the freaking effort and they're not going to put it in, there's no point in trying. Uh-huh. And that is yeah. me. That is Cat Talk 101, me being as blunt as possible right now. If It's not going to be 100% effort for both sides. They're not even 50, 100 then it's not going to work. And yeah, exactly. And there's so many different ways you can see if someone's actually like committed to your friendship. And like, you can tell so easily if someone's just doing it because they want to seem polite, but there's also a huge difference of someone who actually wants to be friends with you and someone who's just a classmate. You know, the, there's a difference between being polite and being fake in high school. Well, I wouldn't very well what that is. I wouldn't say people are fake, you know. It's it's like what you said earlier, like you're displaying different versions of yourself and, you know, when you're in an uncomfortable state, automatically you will be a different person and you will act a different way. So, I wouldn't consider people fake unless they say oh my god, you're my best friend, and then, like, the next day, they don't talk to you at all, and forget that you exist, like, those are fake people. Well, I got, we, I've had that, I, that's not, and that's not considered a friendship in my definition of friendship, so I don't consider yeah. it one of them that had a dramatic falling out. No, that's just people being whack, but if you are one of these people, there's an easy way to fix it, and it's to apologize and keep contact with them and explain, talk it out, communicate. Communication is so important in any type of relationship. You use your words because it's not going to hurt you. It's only going to benefit you. And that's a great way to end this podcast. So, Catherine, do you want to share your social media handles? We're just going to do it like this. Melody is probably going to tag me in her Instagram post for the Study Break podcast. So you can find me if you follow her on the Study Break podcast. You should follow this podcast because Melody is killing the game right now and she's gonna kill and she's gonna kill it long term. Thus you can find me there. And feel free to contact me. I'm willing to make friends. Yes. Oh wait, I'll end this. Let me end this. Okay. I have I have her script. Okay, so Catherine's gonna try to end my podcast for me go for it so like i said earlier follow study breaks instagram at the study break podcast for new trailers and updates regarding this podcast that's the end of it thank you to my guest Catherine. you're welcome <laughs> and make sure to turn into your favorite podcast app follow study break and listen to a new episode every tuesday thank you so much for listening have a great day guys bye you need like an ending word what's your and you need an ending word it's have a great day guys bye the ending word That's is bye. Me. I'm going to end it. Ka-chow. See you later.